Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Now let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Haggai chapter one, and we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. But first let's read from the Bible, Haggai chapter one, verse two, thus speaks the Lord of hosts saying, this people says the time has not come the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little you eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Wow, this is amazing. Verse 7, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple, that I may take pleasure in it. And be glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. Well, my friends, with a very powerful word like that, it did stir up the people of Jerusalem to finish the work that had laid dormant of building the temple. Wow. Praise the Lord. Now I want to put an image on the screen right now. The image that you're looking at is a regular Sunday morning church service there in Nigeria at the church pastored by uh, Enoch Adeboye, a great, great man of God. And you have to understand that the church, uh, the initial phase, the church was a mile long and a half mile wide. Let's go to the second picture. Same church. There is a Sunday morning church service going on every Sunday morning with over a million people present in the service. Okay. So this is interesting. By the way, if you ever watch uh, Pastor Adebori, I give the salvation altar call. <laughs> it's very interesting because he does a real slow count. He'll say like, I'm going to count the 10. And as I count, you come and it's the slowest 10 count you've ever seen. And in case you're wondering why it's because people have to run sometimes from the back of that building facility. They want to come to the front to get saved and not everybody can run a, uh, a mile under four minutes. So it takes a little while for, for them to get there to the front. 
But it's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful thing. But I want you to know that when they were uh, in the phase of building that structure, that seats, of course, well over a million people, that Pastor Adeboye said that we're going to need a lot of chairs. And I want to share with you something amazing. I believe that will light something on the inside of you. When the need for chairs was mentioned, there was a young businessman there in the church, and he, within his heart, made a vow to the Lord and said, Lord, I vow to you, I will be the one that purchases all of these chairs for the church. Now, that's, that's one and a half million chairs that were needed. And he has no way in the natural to do it. It's way beyond his ability. But he said, Lord, I make a vow. I have an interest in your kingdom and in your house being built. And I make a vow that I'm going to be the one that buys all the chairs for this church. And that's a million and a half chairs. Something fascinating happened two weeks later. He was on an airplane to go to a meeting. Now he's a businessman and he's going somewhere to conduct some business. And he was booked to fly in economy class, but he was given a complimentary free upgrade to business class. And as he was sitting in business class, he was put right next to a man who was a businessman from Singapore that was the seller for uh, seats and for chairs. And this young Nigerian uh, man, he began to talk about his great desire to be able to uh, provide the chairs for his church. And would you believe that he so touched the, that man's heart through his testimony and his on fire passion that that man's business and that man, by the way, who was the seller for this chair company, that man was not even a Christian, but he was so touched by the passion and fire in this young businessman that the company gave to this man a million and a half chairs. Again, put the picture up of the uh, Sunday morning church service. Look at all of those people. All of those people need somewhere to sit. Woo. Praise God. How would you like to be the one <laughs> to buy a million and a half chairs? Well, I'm saying that God did a miracle for this young man. And through this young man, <clears throat> it was made possible and the miracle happened and they got all the chairs. Not only that, but the businessman from Singapore said, I want to set you up with a contract so that you and I can do international business together. And he did. So there's nonstop business going back and forth, uh, going back and forth between Singapore and Nigeria because uh, the, the anointing and God's blessing was on this young man. Praise the Lord. Now look at verse 7 again. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. The first part of Haggai chapter 1 uh, preferably the scriptures that we have just looked at that shows you the negative side of putting yourself first and your needs and your desires and your wants first before the Lord. Now the second 
chapter, which talks about the great shaking and the silver and the gold put into the hands of God's people. That's what happens when you flip your priorities and strange, powerful, beautiful money miracles begin to happen in your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I believe that we could read it also in the gospel of Matthew chapter six, verse 33, when Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So the things being added to you, the things that the people in the world crave for and covet over and lust over and do uh, all, almost anything to get it. Uh, the things that others crave for, God will add to you, but you must have his kingdom interest at heart. Woo, praise God. And it has to strongly, strongly be first place. You know, over the years, I've ministered as a guest speaker in a lot of different churches. And I've seen this happen multiple times, but let me give you an example. There have been times when my wife and I would go to minister. So I go to a church and I would perhaps get picked up by the pastor and uh, the pastor, you know, would have a real nice car. I've seen some of these gentlemen drive like a real nice Mercedes, real big, brand new, nice SUV. And that, that's all wonderful. That's all good. And they're like dressed to the nines and uh, maybe are sporting like a high-end uh, luxury watch. And all that's totally cool. I'm fine with all of that. And they got all the bells and whistles. And even after the services would be over, uh, they would take me to their houses and show me their homes. And their homes are really, really nice and uh, well taken care of. So they have, they have their life squared up like, like five star. But when I was taken to their church to preach... It's like the church was a dump. I mean, these pastors that had their bases covered, their personal bases covered, yet their church, I'd go to the church and the carpet was just like coming up. It'd be ripped and torn and almost like disintegrating right in front of you. And then you go to the bathroom because you got to use the bathroom and the toilets don't work right. They, they're, they're half broken down. And then you go to wash your hands and there's no hot water because the hot water heater doesn't work. <laughs> and not only that, the bathroom looks like, like it hasn't been remodeled or cleaned since 1970. And you think like, what's going on? Why is there this strange, uh, like, uh, uh, <laughs> It's like two universes. It's like he's five star, but it's like the church is one star. It's a total absolute dump. What's going on? They are only interested in having their interest met. But here's the thing with God. When you are not interested in his kingdom agenda, he's not interested in yours. Wow. And so you really do need the pudding first. That's what Haggai was saying. You've gone about building your own home and you've put all of your energy and all of your money and all of your resources into your own home, but your pockets, it's like you've got holes in your pockets and you're looking for a harvest and it's not showing up. It's because you're consumed with self-interest. And my friends, 
here in the Western world, whether it's America or Europe, this is like standard protocol in the church. It is the spirit of the Western world that uh, takes over people's thinking. And so what God gets is the crumbs or God gets the leftovers after all the bills have been paid. And then all of the fun things that we wanted to do have been implemented. Then God gets the pocket change that's left over. Mm, wow. So we really need to have a heart where we put the Lord first. And I'm telling you that if you do things like this, this is where the beautiful and the powerful miracles are at. Hallelujah. Look at this in the book of Acts chapter four, Acts four, verse 36. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas, by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles feet. Wow. I mean, you're looking at people selling their properties, people selling an extra home or, or people pulling out uh, savings out of the bank and they are giving because God is moving in a special way. And the Lord gives these opportunities not to diminish our financial reserves. He gives us these divine opportunities for our increase, but he really looks at the heart and the heart that says, I'm going to make sure that my house is in order and that everything in my life looks good. And if there's a little bit left over, we'll see what we can do to give a little token gift to the church. Uh, God sees all of that. By the way, there has not been one church that I've ever spoken at that the pastor was like that, where he's ever walked in any level of a moving of the spirit or God's blessing coming in a special way where everything is lifted. Wow. And I, I could name them. I could name, uh, I could name these churches that I've been to where you try to go to the bathroom and it looks like you, you like you went to a third world nation all of a sudden. And they're like, wow, how come they don't clean the toilets? How come they don't take care of this place? But they're going to make sure that their home or their car is A+. Plus. That's way out of order. And that's why they're not blessed. And, and what they did get, they had to fight and scrap for it and use all of their wits and energy and sometimes a little manipulation and sometimes some, uh, some lies in order to make it happen. But God sees through all of that. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When a person says, Pastor Stephen, I'd love to help you uh, uh, with your church property and with what God's doing out there for your new television studio, but I'm not able to. But yet God sees the boat, the big stupid boat that's been parked in the garage for five years and has never been taken out, but yet it's paid off. It could be sold. And yet it sits there as some kind of like status symbol that says, I have a boat, but yet you're so busy working. You never have time to take it out. It's just, I'm telling you, my friends, it is the American culture and it is something that we have to be on guard against lest the prophet's words would uh, in a sense speak to us in a way where it brings conviction. And if it does bring conviction, then we need to face that. And we can flip it, praise God. We can flip it by giving. I mean, you look at Barnabas, he's, he's selling land and giving it to the work of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. So you need to open yourself up to this area because this is a biblical area of kingdom operating. Now, again, think about that young man, that young businessman that made a vow within his heart. I'm going to pay for the chairs. I'm going to be the one that buys for the church a million and a half chairs. And he made that vow when there was no way in the natural that he could fulfill it. By the way, I've been told that the church now during special events, because they expand it, they can now at one time seat 12 million people. Woo, praise the Lord. How was it built? By people doing things like this. Not just sitting back and saying, you know, here's $10, Pastor Stephen, uh, squeeze all, of, all that you can out of it. Praise the Lord. I think, I think token giving like that, when people give out of their, uh, how can I say, they've, they've given all that they could to themselves, and they have just a little bit left over, and that's what God gives. Uh, they give that to the Lord. That's uh, the type of giving that holds a person back from experiencing God's best for their life. You know, it reminds me of the lady uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. I was watching TV one time, and the pastor talked about this woman. I just turned on the TV, and I was in Atlanta to minister. And, you know, there's a lot of Christian channels, and this one pastor talked about something that happened in his church. And uh, what took place was there was a woman in his church who decided to clean out her freezer and the freezer had not really been emptied or cleaned out for um, like, it was like, I think it was 22 years. So she goes into her freezer, starts taking out some of these things like frozen peas and frozen beans or frozen peaches. And she starts digging towards the back of her uh, freezer. And there in the back was a large frozen butterball turkey. And uh, she thought, oh, a frozen turkey. But she looked at the date because she had forgotten about it. Stuff was kind of crammed in front of it and found that it had been there for uh, 22 years. Well, she wasn't sure if it was even any good. So she called the, um, the, uh, a salesperson there at Butterball, called the number, and got a hold of somebody there in their, uh, you know, their kitchen area or whatever to ask the question, if I cook it, is it any good? Well, the man at the company said, oh, no, he said, you would ever want to cook it because even if you did, if it didn't give you food poisoning, uh, it would taste like rubber after being thawed out after that many uh, decades. He said, oh, no, you just need to throw that away. Uh, he said, uh, that's going to taste just like chewing on a piece of rubber. And so he said, I, I suggest you throw it away. He said, by the way, what are you going to do with it? And the woman stopped just for a moment and she, she thought, and she said, I've got an idea. I know exactly what I'm going to do with it. And the man said, well, what are you going to do with it? She said, I'm going to give it to my pastor. Wow. And she did. She did. And so the pastor was talking about this turkey that was given to him that was 22 years old. And they cooked it. And it tasted like rubber. And guess what? She's doing cartwheels because she thinks that she, she has done something that the angels in heaven are somersaulting over. She thinks that she has done something that has staggered even the imagination of the cherubim. She has now done something that has caused even the seraphim, the faint, and the fallout. But really, what she has done was actually very dishonorable and actually is something that set her back. Wow. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. There are offerings that God does not accept. He talked about that in Scripture. Certain types of offerings you're not supposed to bring to Him. Matter of fact, in the book of Malachi, God speaking through the prophet Malachi said, you bring these awful offerings, you bring these animals to be offered as sacrifices, and they're lame, and they're blind, and they have all of these problems. He said, try presenting that as a gift to your governor. Would they accept it? Well, no, of course not. But yet they're going to give it to God. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. But yet we have the opportunity to flip this type of behavior and turn it in the right direction. And when we do, God can do miracles. Haggai chapter 2 verse 4, Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. Work on rebuilding the temple. Let's get it done. According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. And my friends, let me tell you that God's shaking right now. God is shaking the wealth of the sinner into the hands of the righteous. And notice I didn't say just into the hands of preachers, into the hands of the believers, those that love and serve the Lord. And I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. So the Lord is giving them the opportunity to turn it around. Because if they will take God's interest as their primary interest, then God will take an interest in their interest. Woo, praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look for a kingdom project that you can identify with and get on board with and push forward. That's why the Lord, for many of you, would love to make you into a multimillionaire. Why? So you can be blessed to help complete and fulfill a kingdom assignment. How do you think churches get built? How do you think television studios get built? Stop and think about Chick-fil-A, the founder of Chick-fil-A. How did he have so much money? Is it just because of the chicken? Uh, I mean, I can go to Zaxby's and get chicken that tastes better than Chick-fil-A. What was the blessing on Mr. Truett's life that uh, caused such prosperity? Well, it's no secret he loved to build churches. He loved to help start orphanages. He loved to build churches. He was big into missions. And he was using his wealth to pour in into the kingdom. Praise God. Because the chicken's really not that exciting. There's nothing really ultimately exciting about eating a chicken sandwich. <laughs> and the french fries are, oh, I've, I've never, maybe out of all the times I've eaten at Chick-fil-A, maybe I've only had twice when the french fries we're cooked right. I don't know why they can't get the fries right. So I'm just saying this. It's not, it's not the food. It's the blessing. Why is the blessing there? Because he loved to build churches. And he's using, king, he's using that wealth to do that. 
And so God said, I'm going to bless your chicken, <laughs> your sandwiches. Praise the Lord. Here in North Carolina, we have the Belk department stores. Now they're nationwide, but they were founded here in North Carolina by Mr. Belk. Why did he become so successful? Why did his corporation, uh, you know, make so much money? Because he loved to build churches. He loved to help missionaries and he poured millions and millions and millions of dollars into that. Oh, and by the way, he had a really big house. You can, if you're ever in Charlotte visiting and you want to drive by it, you can see it. Fantastic home. But that pales, that home pales in the comparison of the wealth that he poured into the kingdom. Praise God. What about Mr. Letourneau? The father of modern day earth moving equipment who generated so much wealth that he lived on 10% of it and gave the other 90% away. Well, pastor Stephen, what did he give it away to? He gave it away to the gospel to do what? To support missionaries, to build churches all over the world. That's why God blessed him. I mean, is moving dirt really that exciting? I mean, it can be, it can be in a sense, but is there something really that inherently exciting about dirt? No, it's about the kingdom, but God working through a vehicle that he can prosper and bless. And yes, there is a place where, yeah, it is, it is fun. It is fun to play with big toys. I mean, no guy is going to lie about that. And the truth be told, a lot of ladies also like to uh, drive around big things. I, I, I see these ladies driving these 360-degree uh, zero-turn, radius-turn mowers. You know, I'm talking to like the seven, $8,000 mowers. Boy, the ladies, they may, they may have a, uh, they may only make nineteen dollars or $20,000 a year, but I tell you, you look at them driving that lawnmower, they think they're the queen of the universe. <laughs> they're like, stand back. As long as I've got this lawnmower, I'm the queen around here. <laughs> More power to them. Amen. They sure have some nice looking yards. Amen. That may, might be a $70,000 home, but I'll tell you, the grass sure does look nice all the time. Mm -mm. But why does the Lord pour in such wealth upon certain individuals and then upon certain companies? Because there is a temple to build, such as in the day of Haggai. There is a work to do. In our day, there, there is a work to do. And as you know, we have the 14.5 acres uh, out in North Wilkesboro, and we are going to build a world-class television studio. Nothing about it is going to be cheap and, you know, just trying to rig it up and get by at the lowest bottom dollar. We're going to build it really, really nice. Praise God. We're not going to be unnecessarily lavish, but we are going to build it extremely nice. Praise God. Hallelujah. So there is a need there is a need for wealth. Praise God. That's why God wants to make you wealthy so you can back kingdom projects. Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. These are doors of opportunity that God gives to us for our lifting up. Praise the Lord. I'll give you a couple of examples. Right now, there is a certain television network. They want us to go on it. I've already talked with them. Kelly and I have sat down with them. And right now, each week through television, we have a satellite footprint 
on our various networks that covers 1.1 billion people. But we just sat down a few weeks back with a network that has been growing and growing and expanding. It covers all of America on DirecTV and three other major satellites. So it covers all America and they have just increased over into the area of Asia where they are now the most watched English language satellite in that entire region. And it covers everything from India all the way down to New Zealand. And it has a potential viewership of over 2 billion people. And it's all targeted to people that speak English. It's incredible. <laughs> Woo! It's actually the most densely populated region of the world. Well, Pastor Stephen, what does something like that cost? Annually, $120,000. That's $10,000 a month. Can you, could you envision yourself a businessman or a businesswoman where you say, I'm going to cover that. I'm going to be the one, Pastor Stephen, that will send the 10K a month to cover that so that 2 billion people and we understand that 2 billion people aren't watching at the same time, but it's there for them. It's, it's there. They could see it at any time. Don't think for a second that people still don't watch TV. I had a social media expert the other day tell me, uh, Pastor Stephen, TV is dead. And I thought, you don't know what you're talking about. I thought, you know social media, but you don't know TV. And I couldn't help but notice that yesterday he was invited on a major network, and there he was on TV, all excited about being on TV. And I, I was like, I wanted to shout, I told you TV's not dead, and it never will be. It is still the Pacific Ocean of outreach. There's nothing bigger than television. And so we could go on this network and reach around the world, uh, that, that would lift us to, to having a cumulative viewing audience of over 3 billion people. It would be incredible with what we already have. So it's $10,000 a month. That's, that's not gigantic. I believe, I believe one or two people or three people could team up and could do that. And God could bless your business. And think about the harvest. Think about eternal reward. Thinking about reaching those. You know, on the Pure Gold programs that we have, at the end of the programs, I give an invitation for people to receive the Lord. And so think about the harvest. Amen. And connect with a kingdom cause. Praise the Lord. We also have a wide open door on another network. So there's only two I'm considering. So uh, this other network, they would like us to come on. And it is the largest Russian-speaking Christian network in the world. It is viewable by everyone in Russia, and you ready for this? And everyone in the Ukraine, they can watch it. Amen. So we've been invited on there, and uh, we could go through that open door, and the price is the same. It's about 10K a month. That includes everything, includes uh, satellite airtime. It includes the recording of me recording all the programs. And in those, I would have a translator with me. We'll just go back and forth. But it includes all of that. Wow. Praise God. Think about the harvest of souls coming out of that. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If you will find some way to connect your faith 
with what Haggai called the building of the house of God, the building of the temple. If you will have an interest, but it has to be a forefront interest, then God will move your interest to his forefront. Praise God. Amen. All the things will be added to you that you want. And they're added. You don't even have to go running after them or, or things like that. They come. They just show up. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Perhaps somebody would like to tackle the remaining balance on the land out there at the airport. We owe $154,000. That's it. And the whole thing will be paid off. Perhaps somebody wants to tackle that. You can do it like on a month-to-month -month basis. You just chop it out. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Just like the Holy Spirit spoke to the heart of that young man who said, I'm going to be the one that buys all the chairs for the church, and I vow to do it. And two weeks later, he did it. <laughs> 1.5 million chairs. God hasn't changed. God hasn't changed. Same God. Still looking for people that have an interest in his interest. And we'll put him first. We'll put him first. And then watch what God would do. Watch what God would do. Yes, of course, pay your tithe. Pay your tithe. Amen. But watch what God will do when you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something special in this area. Praise God. All right. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people as they're bringing the tithe and their offerings into the storehouse. I pray that you speak to hearts right now, that they would find something that they can attach their faith to and be involved in beyond just what would be like normal exchange of just, we never want to be robotic. So Father, I just pray that you touch their hearts. That they know that their giving is making a difference and that they are a part of it. That they are a part of it, and, and that together we all share in the rewards together. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God. And I thank you for bringing incredible wealth into the hands of those that put their hands to the projects you've assigned them to. And there'll, be, there'll be plenty of blessings for them, and you'll overtake them with blessings. But I thank you, Father, they have an eye for you for your kingdom projects first and foremost in their hearts. Now, Father, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say, Amen. You know, I was talking to a businessman some years back. This was about 20 years ago, talking to him on the phone about a really neat product that he had launched, and it was in the stores. It's actually in every pharmacy, every drugstore in, in, in America, and probably pretty much in the world today. But um, he was... He was excited about the product sales because he said, he said, Pastor Stephen, he said, right now, I am helping my pastor build the new sanctuary that costs $3.6 million. And he said, I can't even explain the joy that it gives to me to be able to pay for that. Now, others can participate, but he's like, I've got this. He said, I've got this. He said, I want that one. I want that. Amen. <laughs> Woo. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And the pastor said, go ahead and take it. <laughs> Woo. Praise the Lord. So it has to, it has to fit your faith and it has to connect with your spirit. Praise God. 
glory. Oh, by the way, I, I really like uh, this network that has the 2 billion potential viewing audience because it also covers all of Oceania. I have always wanted to reach the islands of the sea, and this network covers all of them. So everywhere from uh, Tahiti to Fiji to all of those uh, French Polynesia, all of those beautiful places, but they are the remote places of the earth, all of them. Uh, are under that umbrella of that satellite, and that satellite is beaming it down on all of them. Praise God. By the way, all those little homes, they've all got satellite dishes. Go to Israel and look around in Israel. Satellite dishes on everything. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. Now, for those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes and your special offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International. P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, the zip code 28654. I tell you, I feel so compelled of the Holy Spirit to talk about this today. Praise God. Now, if you want to bring your giving in online, you can do so at the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. And look at the top of the website. There's a link, a header. It says, Give Online. And you can click that. And it takes you to the web page. It's very safe, very secure. And it has, a, has the words F-U-N-D. Click on that. There's a little drop-down menu. There's the area for your tithe. There's, and the tithe is 10% of your earnings. And there's the area over here for projects, for offerings. And you can give in, into that as the Holy Spirit leads you. Praise God. Father, bless. Bless. Your people, I thank you that in this hour, you are raising kingdom financiers that will give even in the area of millions of dollars. You're going to pour through them in such supernatural miracle ways that it's going to bring you much glory and the kingdom projects, oh God, that you have on the charts will be completed and fulfilled very swiftly. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you that your angels are working right now and that your glory is being released right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, I feel another thing in my spirit, and I want to talk just for a moment before we even get into today's message. That sometimes people, they leave an inheritance to their children, even when their children are ungodly, perhaps hate God, and maybe even blaspheme God, yet they think, well, I've got to, I've got to leave all my money to them. There's no scripture that says you have to do that. I believe that's a very foolish thing to do. Why would you not, if you're going to leave the planet, leave it for the work of the Lord? Praise God. Amen. And then you could sow the seed in the good soil instead of sowing it into areas and into those that will uh, just use it and consume it upon their own evil and wicked desires. Praise the Lord. Perhaps even using it to fight against the church with. Praise the Lord. Yet I've seen that. I've seen people leave inheritances for wicked children that have no interest in the church, no interest in God. Praise God. Things like that. 
need to be reasoned out with the Lord. Amen. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. And as we study it today and position ourselves for very powerful miracles, we thank you, O oh God, that you're going to keep us lined up. You're going to keep any slack out of our lives and you're going to keep us on task so that we can move forward right in pace with your Holy Spirit and see amazing miracles take place. Now, Father, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Now, in order to be positioned for exceptional miracles, whoo, hallelujah, there are, some, there are some ways of thinking that you need to embrace, particularly in the area of the subject of faith. And I want you to understand today that faith is obeying God. Now, when I was raised in church, if anything was ever said about faith, uh, it was basically said that faith is believing God. But my friends, it's much more than just believing God because we see in the book of James chapter two, that even the demons believe James chapter two, verse 19, you believe that there is one God you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. But my friends, here's the difference between us and demons. Let me grab a drink of hot tea real quick. The difference is that while we believe and they believe, don't, it, don't ever expect a demon to obey the scriptures, to obey the ways of God. No, they're going to do the exact opposite. So faith is not just believing. Faith is obeying God. Woo, praise the Lord. And we find no better example of this than in the life of Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country. Now look at verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. So what is faith? Faith is believing God, yes, but it's much more than that. Faith is obeying God. And if you want to experience exceptional miracles in your life, you're going to have to obey God to the strictest detail. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Let's take a look at this further with Abram in Genesis chapter 17. As we look in verse 10. God said to Abraham, this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. Now look at verse 22. Then he that would be God finished talking with him and God went up from Abraham. Okay. So the conversation's over. God is left. Verse 23, so Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were born in his house and all who were brought with his money, excuse me, bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house and circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very same day as God had said to him. My friends, if God said it, why do we need to debate it? If God said, this is my commandment, 
This is my instruction. Then why do we need to have a committee and delay on it and twiddle our thumbs and waste our time talking it over? No, we need to believe. Yes, but we also need to obey. And Abraham was a, was a man that said, I'll obey and I'll do it today. He's not even going to wait until tomorrow. You know, maybe it's easy to procrastinate, to put something off. But the truth is, is that if you get it done right now, you, then you can relax and enjoy your future because you're current and you're caught up with your responsibilities. Praise the Lord. So faith is not just believing God. It is obeying God to prove that you believe in him. I need to say that again. Faith is not just believing God. It's obeying God to prove that you believe him. Now, I think that you have seen this, that many Christians, they believe God for abundance. But actually, how many are actually obeying God for abundance? I was doing a meeting one time in South Carolina. And in this meeting, uh, towards the end of it, uh, I was going to receive the offering. And a lady came up uh, with a dime and a nickel. And she laid it at my feet. Now, this is an American woman, okay? This is America. This, this is not like we're in some greatly impoverished area where, you know, we're going to try to figure out where our next meal is going to come from. This is America. This is South Carolina. And so in this offering, this lady comes up with tears, and she kneels down before me, and she places at my feet a dime and a penny. And she said, Oh, God! Turn this 11 cents into $11 million for Stephen Brooks's ministry. And people just looked and felt so religious and, you know, thought, oh, what a godly woman. And I just thought, what a bunch of hot air. What a bunch of hot air. Why? It doesn't work like that. Pastor Stephen, you're being, you're being rude. Well, I, I didn't tell her that, but would you just like to know the truth or can we just live in la-la land? I'd rather have somebody tell me the truth. God's not going to take 11 cents, not, not $11, 11 cents and turn that into $11 million. Not when she's got hundreds of dollars over there in her, in her wallet, in her purse, but yet she's going to give to God's work a penny and a dime. Who, who, who are we trying to play around with? What kind of jokes are we trying to play on the Holy Spirit? Woo! Hallelujah! So while many Christians believe God for abundance, when you actually look and observe how many are obeying God for abundance, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You own a home. You own a car. You have a full-time job, and you're going to give 11 cents in the offering? Have you lost your mind? <laughs> What kind of foolishness and craziness is this? <laughs> Woo! I believe God. Oh, can it? It's not just about believing. You've got to obey. You have to obey biblical principles. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look, even with laws of even with laws of multiplication, you can only multiply 11 cents so much. Even if you take the ultimate, where Abraham, excuse me, not Abraham, but in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, God spoke of the thousandfold uh, increase. Okay, but what is 11 cents 
times a thousand. I mean, what are we going to do with that to turn the world upside down for Jesus? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Obedience was the stronghold of Abraham's faith. When you obey the truth, what happens is that God is committed to perform his word because the scriptures, they cannot be broken, but we have to do our part. Believe yes, but obey. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, glory to God. Amen. You probably noticed that faith is not just some kind of like cheap talk where we throw words out there and we think that alone gets it done. You have to really work to keep your faith online and to stay strong and to stay obedient. Praise the Lord. You know, I've studied the ministry of Jesus, even his ministry, so much of it that took, that took place outside of Jerusalem. And if you read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see that he was constantly out of the city. He was ministering at times in very remote places. When you go to the area of the Sea of Galilee, and you see the area where many theologians think that the Sermon on the Mount was taught by Jesus, uh, his teaching of what is called the Beatitudes. But you look around and you have to realize, wow, that this was being done out in the middle of nowhere. There were no gas stations, no grocery stores, no convenience stores. Yet so much of his ministry took place in isolated, remote areas. But yet we see in the scriptures that people just kept coming. They kept coming. Why? They wanted his teaching. And of course, they wanted to experience the miracle working power that was flowing in those meetings. Praise God. But my friends, God hasn't changed. He'll do it again. Praise the Lord. Here in Moravian Falls, a place where people have come before and they've driven into the area and they've said, where is it? Where is it? I've said, well, this is it. <laughs> a lot of it's forest. Probably 95% of it is forest. This is it. But yet people from all over the world come here. Uh, people uh, enjoy the internet ministry that comes out of Moravian Falls that we have of uh, preaching and teaching. We have two internet studios here. But we also are building out in North Wilkesboro, right next to the airport, our television studio. And it will be set up in a way where people can come. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Can you believe that years back I was working a job, knew that God had a call for my life in ministry, but I was working a job in Southern California. And while I'm working this job in Southern California, long before I ever knew anything about God's plan for my life in North Carolina, while I was working this job in Southern California, the announcement just tore through the upper management that the big wigs are coming. The big wigs are coming from corporate headquarters. And so that filtered very quickly to us and everybody was hurrying and rushing to get everything in the best tip top order as possible. And they said, they're coming, they're coming from North Wilkesboro. And me and the guys, I'll never forget it. Me and the guys there in our department, we all looked at each other and said, where in the world is North Wilkesboro? And who, who even cares? <laughs> never without even knowing that one day 
our ministry offices would be established there. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Look, before you were ever born, before the earth was ever created, in the time past, before time even existed, because time is only an earth realm thing, physical realm thing. Outside of the physical realm, it doesn't exist. Before the earth was ever formed and the solar system was ever spun in the orbit, God was already thinking of you and already had your entire life planned out. Praise God. God not only knew 25 years before you were going to do something that you were going to do it, He knew 25 billion years before. Amen. Hallelujah. So you need to keep your faith on the line because if God tells you to have your place in a rural area, like we do, people still come, people still come. They come from all over the world. And when we have our television studio, that will be open for live recordings and people will come. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to God. We have had people from all over the world come here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And, uh, and some people uh, have had a real challenge getting here because it is it's what we're about an hour and a half from the Charlotte airport. Praise the Lord. And GPS seems to play some funny tricks on people when they try to reach this destination. Nevertheless, they have persevered. Why? Because God told us to be here. God told us to be here and we'll always keep these facilities while we expand the television and other areas of the ministry out to North Wilkesboro. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So it's more than just talk. It's obeying God. Number two, in order to see exceptional miracles, miracles of rare quality take place in your life. You have to understand that faith is reasoning with God, reasoning with God in his word to determine the steps forward that God has for your life. And we see a great example of this in Romans chapter four, Romans chapter four, I actually marked that in the book of Acts. So let me catch up here. Romans chapter four, and this will be verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Again, we're talking about Abraham. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he, God had promised, he, God was also able to perform. So Abraham was fully convinced and to be fully convinced means that you have thought, reasoned the entire thing through so that it drops from your head and is processed into your spirit. And you're convinced that God's going to do it. And there's the process of understanding that God said so, that God spoke, and then realizing that God said he would do it. And then also gauging the character of God and knowing that he's well able to do it. And so you factor all of these things and you work with all of these things as you reason it out and meditate it within your heart. And then you will get to a place where you can be absolutely convinced that you've got it, 
that God is going to do it. Now, you haven't even seen it yet, but you're, you are so on the trail and you are so on the path that it's just a matter of time of walking it out. Praise the Lord. So we need a lot of meditation to access what I would call the deep things of God. And the reason for this is because faith, unlike what some seminarians would suggest, faith is not by any means a theological subject, but rather faith is a holy mystery. I want you to see this. First Timothy chapter three, that faith is not some type of dead theological subject that we examine like a dead body out on a table. No, but rather it's a mystery. First Timothy chapter three, and this would be verse nine. Not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. Well, that's a very good uh, scripture, but that's not the one I'm looking for. Let me move over to uh, the next epistle. First Timothy chapter three. Here we go. Verse nine, where Paul tells Timothy holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. So there is the mystery of the faith. And there are things about faith that some people don't understand because of the mystery element to it. So faith does involve divine secrets. And when we understand divine secrets, what happens, it becomes easy to flow with God. And so the fact that faith is a mystery denotes that God's secrets are concealed in scriptures. And as you meditate on them, and begin to unravel them and get insight into them because your height is determined by your depth of knowledge. And that depth is determined by light. And it's the light. Even as David said in Psalm 119, the entrance of your word brings light. So it's the light that you have from the scriptures that give you mastery in those situations. And it, that light helps you to reason your way forward. Woo, praise God. So you sit down and you think about the promises. You think about what God said he would do through you and for you. And then you begin to reason with the power of God, God's great ability. And then strategy to move forward also begins to unfold because these things are accomplished in stages. And you move through them in stages, but God will show you how to do that. So faith is reasoning with God in his word to determine your steps forward in life. Praise God. And that mystery of faith, the mystery to you is taken away in the sense that you see how it works, that you can take faith. Your, when I say faith in God, I'm talking about faith in his word, faith in his promises and faith in what he told you. And you realize that you could actually take your faith in God and use it just like a technician would use it when he goes to work on a car and he pulls out certain tools and he needs this tool to get the spark plugs out and he gets, and he needs this tool to work on the alternator and he can fix it with those tools and you can use your faith just like a tool is used to accomplish what it is God called you to do. Woo. Praise the Lord. So that is one of the great mysteries of faith. 
Hallelujah. Now, number three, to see exceptional miracles in your life is to understand that faith is seeing it the way God sees it. And this is a big one because there can be some things that you look at that will challenge the intellect. And this is when you learn to walk by faith and not by sight. So again, faith is seeing it the way God sees it. Let's take a look at a great example by going to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, and let's skip down to verse 21. And this is talking about the position in which Jesus has been placed in. Now, let me say this. The church has focused, and rightfully so, on the area of Jesus with the Lord's death, burial, and then the resurrection. But I believe personally that there has been a lack of focus on the area of the Lord's ascension. Now, when we were in Jerusalem, we, of course, went to the Mount of Olives. And you can stand on the upper part of the Mount of Olives and that's where the Lord left from. He physically left from that point. And when he comes back, he is going to come back. Now, the, the first time he's going to come back, we will go to meet him in the air. But then later, when he comes back after the marriage supper of the Lamb, we will come back with him. And at that time, he will come back and he will physically put his feet down again on the Mount of Olives, the same place that he left from. But there is something about the ascension that you have to understand, first of all, about him. Verse 20, which he, God, worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. And gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So here's the catch. Christians have no problem with believing that God the Father lifted Jesus up and set him in the heavenly places at his right hand. They'll say, yes, of course, uh, that's what the Father did for Jesus. He ascended on high, and he sits at the right hand of God. But if you get into Ephesians chapter 2, that's when you lose a lot of Christians because they want to see it their way, which is often viewed through the tainted glasses of religion instead of seeing it God's way and what he said through the Apostle Paul. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together. So this is incredible. When we were born again, in the mind of God, we were raised with the Lord, and in the Lord's, in the Father's mind, when Jesus was raised by God the Father, He also saw us in Jesus, and we are tied into that same lifting up. It says that 
how, verse 6, that God raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So, that lifting up is right now. And when you understand that you are far above everything that Jesus was put far over and above, then your mentality begins to shift. And I would call it an ascension mentality. Verse 21 of chapter 1, we see that Jesus was put far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. You have to understand that when you were saved, you were then placed in the Christ. And that same spiritual position is now the position that you occupy. You are in the body. He is the head, and we are the body. And you in the body are over all of these things. Why? Because all of these things are beneath the Lord's feet. And if you're in the body, that means they're beneath your feet also. Well, Pastor Stephen, I see that is exactly what the Bible teaches. Yep, it sure is. Pastor Stephen, that is what the Bible teaches, but I just don't see how that could be. See, what they're choosing to do is they're making excuses for why they're not winning in life. And they'll put it off to the millennium, or they'll put it off to some later time. But you don't need victory then. You need it right now. You need the victory right now. Praise God. So I would ask you, do you have a far above mentality? Because you need to have that if you want to see exceptional miracles take place in your life. Or are you going around thinking that you're somehow anchored down here solely as a physical flesh and blood human, and therefore you're making excuses for why the devil is winning in different areas of your life. And therefore you feel justified to blame it on the devil or blame it on the government or blame it on the president or blame it on this or blame it on that. And trust me, we certainly know that the devil could cause a lot of problems. And sometimes even governments can be very antagonistic against the church. But when you realize your true position in Jesus, you can still continue to move forward in victory. But those old rose-colored stained religious glasses that sometimes people refuse to take off causes them to never realize that the problems, the demonic entities that would try to trouble them are actually beneath their feet. Woo! And so it becomes very heavy to go through life as a Christian thinking that these forces are somehow stronger than you and that they can overwhelm you at any moment and boss you around and push you around. But that's not New Testament theology. And, and the Apostle Paul teaches the exact opposite, that in Christ we are more than conquerors. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. When you have that ascension mentality, things flow in your life, the things of God where miracles can be very, very surprising. My friends, I give the Lord all the glory, but I can't even begin to count the times when I have begun to pray for a person, and I cannot even get the prayer officially finished before God's already healed the person. There have been times God has done major miracles, and I can't even complete in the name of 
and it's already done. It's, and you could see it right before your eyes. It's already done. And I can't even get the official prayer in the name of Jesus out. Why? Because I believe that I'm seated with the Lord in heavenly places, and I'm ministering from that platform, from that perspective. And those things have to bow. They have to give it up. Praise the Lord. Many times I've gone to pray for a person, and as I'm praying for them, before I can even finish a very nice prayer, the healing's already done. The, he, the, uh, the healing has already taken place. Praise the Lord. How does that happen? Because there's a flow. There is a flow that's going on. Praise the Lord. So faith is seeing it the way God sees it, and you have to line up with His way. Or else you cannot get into these very beautiful, powerful miracles. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit is moving right now on people's minds, helping people to take off what I would call religious indoctrination. Not biblical teaching, but religious man-made uh, doctrines and ideologies that are actually contrary to the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Somebody, you're, you're watching me, and you took a vow of poverty. You need to repent of that, and you need to take a vow of prosperity. Take a vow of prosperity. That way you can be a great blessing to others. Praise the Lord. If you want to be a good Samaritan, and you want to help others, you have to have some money. Praise the Lord. Or else you can't. By medicine, you can't put a person up in a hospital, whatever it might be. You can't even help them with a the toothache. Praise the Lord. You need to be in the abundance and the overflow. Glory, glory to God. The Lord is working with thought patterns right now. I know that I'm kicking over some sacred cows, but praise the Lord, they need to be kicked over. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. I've actually been to the very spot where the Israelites from the northern ten tribes bowed down. I've been to the very altar that's still left there, where the Israelites of the north bowed down and worshipped the stupid golden calf. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm kicking over these man-made golden calves today. Be free and see yourself seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. See sickness and disease and lack and every curse of the law beneath your feet, because it's beneath the Lord's feet. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Somebody might say, well, Pastor Stephen, who do you think you are? I think I'm in Christ. And since Jesus is above it, and I'm in Him, I'm above it too. And I have uh, had some experiences with the Lord in this area. There was one time, this was about 22 years ago, where for about three months, it went on for about three months straight, each day the Lord came and took me into an area of heaven that was very near the throne room. It was like outside of it, but it was still close enough where I could see people coming in and out to the throne room area. And of course, keep in mind that the throne room area of God is enormous. So it's, uh, it's, it's just almost beyond description, but people would go in there to uh, receive things and to ask things. And it was like, there was a part of it. You could, you could sense the judicial nature of it. And that has many other qualities, but I was picking up on the judicial aspect of it. And this went on for about three months. And there was, 
there was a throne, like an elevated throne, that every time I was taken there, I could sit there and watch all of this activity. And I saw other thrones all over the place, all over the place. And so, while we know it is a position in Christ, there is also a reality to it that's actually tangible, and you'll see it one day with your own eyes. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You've been raised and lifted with Him. Glory to God. Amen. That thing that's trying to cause you so much trouble. Jesus took care of it for you. Now lift your hands. Father, I pray that your people be positioned now for exceptional miracles. I just thank you, Father God, that you're going to do it for them. I thank you, Father, in these three primary areas that if there has been any slackness that you're going to help their faith to be really dialed in and nobody's going to distract them. We just give you praise father, even with persecution or those that would misunderstand, we keep moving further into your heart, into your will, which is revealed to us in your word. Father bless your people in Jesus name. Amen. I'm smelling some things in the spirit realm, and there is deliverance taking place right now. Some people have tolerated defeat, and defeat has a smell. Praise the Lord. And the Lord is freeing you right now from a wrong mentality. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You are an ascended believer. Praise the Lord. Look, my friends, I talk a lot in the area about God's plan for Israel, God's plan for the church. Of course, Israel and the church both needing Jesus, Messiah, for the taking away of sins. I talk about the tribulation. I talk about the millennium. But you have to understand, even with the millennium, that's primarily for the Jewish people. And while, yes, you could come to the earth if you wanted to. You, you would have to realize you have a glorified body. You've got the whole universe. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot more for you than perhaps you've ever even considered or understood or imagined. And you need to allow that lifting of the spirit to move you beyond just a realm that's just natural. That's just natural. Israel's the natural seed. The, the church is the spiritual seed. Praise God. Amen. Glory, glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't just be naturally bound to land or naturally bound to things that are physical. Realize that you are much higher than that. Glory to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Somebody might say, well, we can come back to the earth during the millennium. Well, yeah, sure. And that, that, that's really cool. But You've already lived that life also. You lived on the planet, you know, you could see it in a sense restored, but in so many other ways, you're way beyond that. You're way beyond that. Praise God. I was talking to a very well-known international prophetess who's ministered all over the world in big, big events and things along that line within the body of Christ. And she and I were sitting down one day, we were sharing some of the visionary experiences that we've had some of the heavenly experiences that God has allowed us to have by his grace. 
And she told me something that I really enjoyed. She saw an area in heaven that she was taken to that in some ways was like, it was like designed like a harbor. Like on the earth, if you had a sea coast, you had a harbor where ships would come in. There's a shape of a harbor and all. She said, we're in this area, which was on the outer, outer part of heaven. It was like shaped like a harbor, but uh, the ships that were there, they were not like what you would call like a cruise ship. Although some of the look was similar to that, but they were more like starships. And she said they were gigantic. And she said there was one of them that was just about to leave this like spaceport harbor and it was going to go out into some part of the universe. And she said the whole thing, she said to me, she said, Stephen, the whole thing is gigantic. She said, she said it was made of solid crystal and you could see through it. And there were people on it and they were just about to get ready to leave. <laughs> Woo. I mean, there's stuff that's just like mind blowing. And there's also a part well, I understand what Paul said when he was taken to the third heaven. He heard things that he was not allowed to speak. Praise God. And there's a lot of wisdom in that. Amen. So we present Christ. We don't get hung up on these other things, although they can be fun to talk about. We stick with the meat and the potatoes. Praise the Lord. Amen. I see you coming into the place where miracles become consistent and you're going from breakthrough to breakthrough because the time is short. Even if we have 30 years, that's nothing. That's nothing. My father is now in heaven, but I remember when he was an old man just before he died, he said, Oh, he said, son, he said, it just seems like yesterday when I was a little bit, when I was a little boy, six years old with a pocket knife carving my initials into the tree. And he said, now I'm an old man at the end of my life. Praise God. Even if we have 20 years or 30 years or two years or one year, time is so short with what we have left. Let's make the most of it and let's get things done. We must be online for the great miracles that God wants to do. Praise the Lord. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus, as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to pray a prayer with me. Okay? Now, if you used to be a Christian, but you were deceived by the world, something got you over in the sin, and you fell away from the Lord, come back right now. Your Father loves you, and He will restore you and wash your sins away. But you must come back and rededicate your life to the Lord. I would like for you to pray also. Now, let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus... I surrender my life to you, the only true and living God. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and paying the penalty for my sins. Come into my heart, wash all of my sins away. And Jesus, write my name in your book of life and step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray, thank you for saving me. Thank you for restoring me. In your name I pray, amen. And amen. Praise God. God is so good. Woo, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, if you are a Christian, and you love Jesus, and He is your Savior, you can take Holy Communion. And I want you uh, to do that with us now. Because to take communion has many 
many benefits, more than what any multivitamin could ever do. Okay. So I want you to grab some unleavened bread. If you don't have these little wafers, just grab a cracker or tear off a little piece of bread and get some grape juice. At the moment, if you don't have grape juice, grab what you have. Okay. And let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it and set it apart as being holy. We thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that communion is another divine mystery. While there are many things we understand about it, there are many things that we won't because it has a supernatural element to it. So Father, as we now re receive the Lord's body, we thank you that Jesus paid the penalty for our sins and that when he was lifted up and he was raised up, we were raised with him. So Father, we receive the Lord's body and we receive our position of being above everything of the enemy and the enemy himself in Jesus name. Amen. Let's partake together. You know, the Bible says resist the devil, but if the devil were above you and he could boss you around, then it would be unscriptural for God to ask you to do that. But God says, resist the devil. Why? Because you can, because he's beneath your feet. So keep him in that position. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the hedge of protection all around about us. The blood, the blood, the blood against every evil spirit, against every person operating in the occult. We plead the blood of Jesus over our lives, over our families, our businesses, our children. And we thank you for the impenetrable fortress of the blood of Christ all around us, all over our minds. We thank you, Father God, that we are soaked, saturated, and covered with the precious blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's receive it now. Amen. Woo. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Jesus. My friends, thank you for joining me today. Connect with the kingdom assignment that God has for you. This is the time. This is, I'm telling you, this is the hour to jump on the thing that God highlights to you and uh, put your heart into it and watch what God's going to do. Amen. Amen. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.